Good morning. It is a, a privilege to be here. My heart has been encouraged and refreshed already this morning, especially in the breaking of bread. Most of you know me and know that uh, for 19 and a half years, my wife and I served with formerly known New Tribes Mission, now known as Ethnos. And then we sensed the Lord's leading and resigned from Ethnos and joined New Brunswick Bible Institute full-time. We saw the Lord's leading in that very uh, smooth transition. And you know, it's interesting because when I was part of New Tribes Mission, or when I was part of New Tribes Mission, I was part of a team that formed what we called a volunteer representative. And so now I'm a volunteer representative with Ethnos and very excited and passionate about what the Lord is doing around the world. But just an FYI, in case you haven't heard, Ethnos is planning on putting two couples out here in Halifax. And uh, one of them will be doing uh, mainly office work. It's amazing what you can do on the internet. But then on the weekends, he'll be doing some representation here in, in Nova Scotia. But then also what uh, Ethnos hopes to do, um, in a couple different places we have short-term mission programs. And my wife and I started one in New Brunswick called Rikapuna. And we're hoping to start uh, in the Halifax area a, a short-term uh, missions program to expose people to tribal uh, missions without leaving uh, the Maritimes. And I'm very much looking forward to that. And as part of New Brunswick Bible Institute, I'm very excited and encouraged what I see the Lord doing at NBBI these days. If you, if you haven't been there for a while, just this summer, uh, re, uh, someone redid the, the page, uh, NBBI dot, the website, nbbi.ca, and very encouraged with what the Lord is doing. This fall, we've got a couple things lined up that are pretty exciting. Um, a few months ago, the Lord has burdened my heart with the persecuted church, and I've read three books by Chinese pastors, and, and my heart has really been challenged, and some other staff members as well. On September 24th, um, Voice of the Martyrs is coming through and doing a presentation called Solitary Refinement, which is a reenactment of Richard Warmbrandt's life, if you're familiar with Richard Warmbrandt, and, and one of the books he wrote, Tortured for Christ. And then October 19th, we have the Gettys coming through. And um, the Gettys are very instrumental in, in worship and sing at a lot of big retreats and whatnot, and we're looking forward to having them come. But I am also excited to see what's happening in the missions department at NBBI. This year, we're, we're looking at doing three mission trips, uh, one to Ethiopia, uh, one to Mexico. We have a student from Mexico, and his dad is a pastor. And where his dad pastors, there is a, a lot of men in full-time ministry that have never had any, any formal training or, or any in-depth Bible study. So both of our trips to Ethiopia and Mexico, we're looking at going and, and doing a little bit of mentoring to full-time Christian workers. In Ethiopia, we're also going to be working with a, an orphanage. And then in Mexico, we'll be working with some homeless people, street people, maybe Warren. Uh, we can take you with us and, and uh, put you to work there in Mexico City. And then also we want to go reach, uh, be involved in, in reaching an indigenous group in Mexico. Uh, there's one not too far away from where um, 
where the family lives that we're going to help. And then also, Lord willing, heading back to Bolivia. This will be the fifth year that I've been blessed to take a team to Bolivia. As you know, my wife and I were there almost 10 years, and we have an ongoing ministry with what's called the brickyards, people that work in the brickyards and, and make bricks, and a lot of orphans there, a very, very uh, rough life. And so appreciate your prayers, and if anybody's ever interested in going on a mission trip, please contact me. Well, I'm looking forward to sharing from the Word of God this morning, and a, a couple times already this morning, the Lord has confirmed uh, what I'm speaking on. And I, I will be honest, I, I immediately started to prepare a few weeks ago a missions message. I, I love speaking on, on missions and giving missions a, um, a, a challenge, but as I was preparing the Lord, I, I felt the Lord guiding me elsewise. And so I, I want to follow the Lord's leading. Let's pause and pray. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for each one that's out here this morning. Lord, you know where each and every one of us are at. And I pray, as already been said this morning, we would put aside the things that may distract us uh, from the ministry of the Word of God. Lord, we thank you again for sending your Son to die on the cross. We, we can't fathom what the Lord Jesus Christ went through, leaving you, Lord, and, and coming down and bearing our sins on that tree. And Father, we thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ rose victoriously. We thank you for all that you've given us, all that is available to us. And Lord, guide us as we look this morning at a few things in your name. Amen. Going to speak on trust this morning. Going to speak on trust. I, I don't know about you, but I have noticed, not only in my own life, but I've noticed in other people as well, that, that it is easier, I need to say easier, to give the big things to God, but yet we struggle sometimes with the little things. Ha have you ever found that you've tossed and turned at night or, or your mind has been preoccupied with, with something, and, and maybe you've given it to God, and, and then you took it back, <laughs> and then you gave it to God, and then you repeat that, that process back, back in, and forth again. And, and, and I find so often that sometimes it's the little things that trip us up. It's the little things that, that discourage us. And, and it seems recently... In the last couple of months, several people that I, I know ha have been discouraged in, in their walk with the Lord. And it's been little things that have tripped them up. And, and we need to watch out for those little things. We, we need to everything in our life. We need to give over to the Lord. So I've started out uh, to make sure that, that we even have a, a good definition of trust. Trust is defined as a firm belief. And, and I want, there's four things here that I think will really help us as we think of believers as in trusting in the Lord. Trust is a firm belief in the ability, the ability, the truth, and then the strength of someone or something. So you think about that, a firm belief in the reliability, in the truth, in the ability and the strength. Think of now as you're trusting someone. 
trusting someone, trusting someone that is reliable, someone that has proven themselves, someone that has the ability, someone that is truthful, someone that is strong. If you think about the Lord for a second, is he not reliable? We, we have his word that, that is full of accounts and stories where, where he has proven himself, his credibility. Psalms 22.4 said, Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted and thou didst deliver them. You know the word trust appears 134 times in the word of God. That's the word trust. That's not counting other words like trusted, trusting, etc., etc. He is reliable. And again, when you find yourself maybe going down a path of, of not trusting him, coming back to that, that he has proven himself. He is reliable. He is truth. I think we all know John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know, that's what changed my life years ago when I was wrestling with trusting God, that he is true. Psalms 12, verse 6, For the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times, that he is truth, and that his ability, if you've got your Bibles, go just for a couple minutes to Ephesians chapter 3, as, as we think of, of his ability. Many years ago, I, I read a book by Jerry Bridges called Trusting God. And that book really, really challenged me. And one thing I remember, even though I read that book back in 95, well, one thing that Jerry Bridges says is that God can be trusted in an arena with no boundaries. Because, you know, so often as Christians, it's like we put God in a little box, and it's like I can trust you in this box as long as, what, everything stays within the box. Well, God can be trusted in an arena with no boundaries. Here in Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14, it says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. And I, I hope I could go on so many rabbit trails here this morning, but I hope that's happening teaching every one of us that we are being strengthened in the inner man, that we are growing and maturing uh, in the Lord, that we're growing and maturing in our faith. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. Are you growing in your love? You're understanding the breadth, the height, the depth of, of the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge that you might be filled with fullness of God. Verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, is God not able? I remember years ago as a child attending camp, and at the back of the chapel, there was three words up on the wall. And you know what? For years, those words bugged me because I didn't understand them. I wasn't a believer. But those three words haunted me, if you will. And all they said was, he is able. 
I could not fathom. How is he able? I didn't know him. Let me ask you this morning, is there an area of your life, is there something in your life maybe that you wrestle with? Whether it's big or small, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask or think, his ability. His strength, Hebrews 1 verse 3 says he upholds all things by the word, by the power of his word. 1 Chronicles 5.20 says, And when they had prevailed over him, over them, sorry, the Hagarites, and all that were with them were given into their hands, for they cried out to God in the battle, and he granted their urgent plea because they trusted in him. Psalms 18.1, It's better to trust in the Lord than in man. Have you ever trusted in men and then, and then been, what, disappointed or discouraged years ago? A man that had actually mentored me really disappointed me, and I, I was devastated. And, and one of my teachers, I was going through the New Tribes Mission training, and I, I was just devastated. I could not believe what this guy did. And my teacher told me this. He said, Mike, to be disappointed or to be discouraged is to have believed in man rather than God. Because, see, sometimes we place our trust in people. It is better, verse 9, better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Psalms 125.1, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Have you noticed recently it seems like like there's been several people that seem to be falling away from the Lord. Psalms 32.10 says, He that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass about him. And then Psalms 34.8 says, Oh, taste and see. How do you know if, if something is good if you haven't what tried it? You know, for me, there, there, there's nothing greater than, than living by faith and, and, and trusting the Lord. You know, we've seen the Lord do some amazing things in the last couple of months. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. I, I'm convinced that, that we need to trust the Lord, that, that we need to step out in faith and, and, and see Him provide. Now take your Bibles, and where I want to focus our attention this morning on is Psalm 71. Psalm 71. The Lord drew my attention to a couple verses here in Psalm 71. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. And let me say it again. How often do we put our trust in other things and don't even think about it? How many drove here in a car this morning? <laughs> Have you read up on, on your vehicle and, and the brakes? How long are the brakes going to last? You know, we, we recently were in Pennsylvania, and uh, we, we took uh, some vacation and went down to help my mother-in-law. And uh, my father-in-law passed away four years ago, so we go down every year and we help her. But I told the boys, we love roller coaster rides. And so I, I told my boys, one day we're going to go to Hershey Park, and we're going to go there, and we're going to have fun. 
And uh, as a family, we love roller coaster rides. And, and there was one in particular that uh, my oldest son and I really loved called the Great Bear. And if you think about that, it's just like hopping on a bear and going for a ride. Uh, 75 miles an hour and, and you're inverted and you do corkscrews. And, and I, don't, I don't like the, the roller coaster rides that you sit in a box, okay, because I, I like to take it up a notch or two. And this one, you just sit on a chair and your feet swing free. And believe you me, they swing free. And, um, and, and you know, when you get on this roller coaster ride, there, there's no seat belt. The only thing is, is this bar comes down and, and over your chest. That's the only thing that holds you in. And, and my son got in beside me and he pulled his bar down and I heard it go click. I pulled my bar down and I didn't hear click. I said to my son, Jed, did you hear my bar go click? He said, I think so. I said, I, I want more than I think so. Because if my bar didn't go click, I'll be singing a new rendition of I'll Fly Away. <laughs> and, and there was an older man that was working right there on the ride. And I said to this guy, sorry, I, I didn't hear my bar go click. And he said, I'm sure I heard it go click. And I said, I apologize, sir. But I said, could you check to make sure it went click? And he came over and he pushed down on it. And he said, well, as soon as he pushed down on it, it went click. And he said, I'm glad you insisted. A and then I got thinking. Because, see, I tend to be mechanical. And I happen to see right in front of me of the chair in front of me what makes it go click. And then I started to think, wait a second. Wait a second. That is just a little piece of metal that engages over another piece of metal. A lot of people that, that come on this ride weigh a little less than I do. What if that little ear is fatigued? And I started to worry and I started to panic. And then the Lord brought to mind, Mike, how many times have you gotten on this ride and never thought about it? But you put your trust in it. And, I, and as I'm sitting on this ride, I said, Lord, this is a great example of us in our walk with the Lord. Because how many times do we do things and we don't even think about it? But then when the Lord asks us to do something, we get all worried. We fret and we say, I could never do that. <laughs> you want me to go out with Warren and John on Friday night? No, I'll stay home and pray. I'll give so you can buy tracks. But you know, when it comes to stepping out in faith, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was so worked up, I said, Lord, I'm not even going to be able to enjoy this ride. Because what if it comes unclicked? <laughs> and you know what? The Lord brought to mind to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. <laughs> that was not a good time for that verse. <laughs> but you know what, folks? down through the years in ministry there's been many many times when I've stepped out in faith I've said Lord I don't know but I'm going to trust you thank you Nick for letting us sing that song tis so sweet to trust in Jesus why coming back to the definition of trust when we know who he is when we know 
that he is sovereign, that he is omnipotent. Why do we wrestle? Why don't we trust him? Why don't we say, Lord, here's my life with, with an open hand. What, whatever you want me to do. Psalm 71, verse 1, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. May it not be said that we put our trust in other things, but not in the Lord. You know, I will be honest. One thing that has discouraged me is when I see young people. And, and I see young people that, that are just oozing with gifting and talent. And, and I get excited and I think, they're going to go to the mission field. And, 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 and like one guy, seven years ago, he told me, I believe God has me to be a missionary. I'm going to go. And this guy was oozing with gifting. A, a, a tremendous Bible teacher. Very likable personality. Very gifted in language learning. And, and then as he got close to the end of his timing at NBBI, I said to him, so where are you going? And you know what his response was? Because we had talked about different places in the world where the needs are and he could go. And when I asked him, so where are you going? Do you know what he said? I'll know as soon as I meet her. And I forgot that reference. He said, I can't go as single. I, I need a, a woman. I, I need someone. And you know what? To this day, to this day, he hasn't gone. And, and, and unfortunately, I bump into him occasionally, and he's not doing anything for the Lord. Don't waste what God has given us. Let, let's trust him. Uh, let's, let's say, Lord, here I'm offering what I have, little is much. I'm, I'm going to offer you what I have. Do I put my trust, and then notice what it says, let me never be put to confusion. Be careful. Ba back in May, I was at the doctor, and when I was sitting there, the doctor came in, and, and it, he's been my doctor my, my whole life. In fact, his dad was our veterinarian, so I've known this man for a long time. <laughs> and, and so he came in, and I immediately knew right away he was stressed out. I could tell he was stressed out, so I had to assume the doctor position. <laughs> and I, I said to him, I said, Dr. Mutri, you look stressed out. You look like something's bothering you. He said, I have had a terrible day. He said, do you know how hard it is to be a doctor with Google? He said, everybody that I have seen today has Googled their, uh, their, their symptoms and they've made assessments and they're telling me what's wrong with them. And they have no idea. He said, I do not like Google. And you know what's interesting? I went from there and I stopped into the Dodge dealership. I had to get something and I, I stopped in to visit the salesman. He's a good friend, one of the salesmen. He's a good friend of mine, a believer. A and he looked wor worried. And I said to him, I said, I said to him, I said, brother, what's, what's wrong? He said, well, I haven't been feeling the best and I've been Googling. <laughs> and then he told me, he said, I've, I've, I've got MS. And I said, are you going to go to the doctor? And he said, no, I've Googled and I've read articles. But you know what, folks, a few weeks later, he told me he went to the doctor and he doesn't have MS. He just was going through a rough time. And he was nervous. He was stressed out. But, but you know what else? Spiritually, there is so much information out there today that is false. What causes confusion? False information. 
You can be studying the Word of God, and you can Google, and you can read countless reports by maybe even people that, that are labeled, and I, I'm not meaning to belittle this, but they may have a, a great title, but it does not mean it's accurate. And I believe it's causing a lot of confusion today in the church because we've read it. In fact, on the way down here, I was listening to a podcast. I'd never, never heard of this person before, and I started listening to it, but I had to stop. What he said sounded really good, but it was not theologically correct. False information causes you to doubt the truth, and we have got to be careful today. We have got to be careful. Lack of direction will cause confusion. Let me encourage you to follow and trust and support your elders. That we need to follow our leaders, support those that God has placed, and be careful of following other things. Lack of direction causes confusion. Do you know what else will cause confusion? Being tired. Being tired. Not taking time to rest. And I can speak from experience on this one. You know, NBBI, we just had a staff retreat down at Living Waters in Danforth, Maine. And, and you know what? Matthew Little did something different this time. He changed the schedule all up, and he said, I want us to have some free time. And you know what? One of our scheduled free time, I was just sitting in the chair, reading the Word of God. I will not go on a rabbit trail, but the Lord really encouraged me and, and, and set me on fire, if you will, in Psalm 78. And the Lord just rekindled my passion. And I went and I said to my wife, I said, she said, I can see you got a message on your lips. <laughs> she knows me well. I said, oh, honey, I said, the Lord has just rekindled my passion for what we're doing. And she said, that's interesting. He just did the same thing to me. Folks, we need to be careful that we don't get so busy even serving the Lord that we don't take time. It's not just a cliche. When we get tired, we can get confused. Be still and know that I'm God. Another thing that causes confusion is, is what? Too many orders. Too many white hats, if you will. And in, in this day of information overload, well, so-and-so said this. I heard it. I read it. it. It must be true. Be very, very careful. You know, another thing that can cause confusion is an infection. An infection. An infection that we have got to be careful of is sin. And, and, and not getting sin in our life. Another thing that will cause confusion is an injury. An injury. My father-in-law passed away four years ago in April. My father-in-law was a very healthy man. Hardly ever got sick. 67 years old. Tremendous Bible teacher, elder in the church my wife grew up in. Hardly ever got sick. Just turned 67 he decided he was going to work one more year and then give his life full time to serve the Lord. Go on mission trips, go and help missionary that needed to build a house, etc., etc. One Sunday morning he came down and he was confused. Just couldn't seem to make sense of things. They found out a short time later that he had leukemia and he died less than two weeks later. He'd had an infection in his blood and didn't even know it. And an injury. Again, have you ever been hurt? If we don't get that 
injury, that hurt healed, it'll cause confusion and even take us out. We've got to be careful. My oldest brother, just this week, part of a toe was amputated. He's diabetic, not looking after himself. He's had a toe that's been bothering him, not been looking after it. And the doctor said, if you are not careful, next it'll be your foot. Folks, we've got to be careful. If sometimes we were hurt or were offended or whatever, we've got to take care of the infections, of the injury, because they are serious. For time's sake, now jump down to verse 3. Be thou my strong habitation. You know, every one of us needs a, a safe place, whether it's in an apartment, a house, or whatever it is. We need a place that what that's ours, that we can come home at the end of the day. And it's very important that, that we have that place, that place of security, that place, if you will, that we come home and we can, we can relax, be refreshed, be, be with our family, and we need that strong habitation, and we need that spiritually. We need to be very careful not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We need that strong habitation, that, that place, where we can go to. One thing that I'm challenging my mission students with is that they have what I call go-to verses, that they have verses that they can go to in times of trouble, in times of discouragement, and they can come to those verses and what be refreshed, be encouraged, and be reminded of our identity and who we are in Christ. And we've got to trust the Word of God because our flesh and our enemy will tell us anything differently. Now notice how it says, whereunto I may continually resort. Do we go there and get refreshed and get encouraged? Back in 99, when we were preparing to go to Bolivia, a seasoned missionary, a missionary that by God's grace God used in an amazing way. I asked this seasoned missionary, what do I need to take to the mission field? I was thinking practical things. So were they. But they were thinking spiritually. They said to me, Mike, there's only two things you need to take to the mission field. They said, one is your Bible, and the other is a hymnal. And I looked at him and said, a hymnal? I'm only allowed so many things. Like, haven't you heard of courses? You know, courses were starting to come out back then in 99 and, and really changed some things. Uh, a hymnal? And so I took a hymnal. I wish I could sing. If I could sing, I would sing this for you this morning. But number 244 in the hymnal, how firm a foundation. Many, many times on the mission field, I came to this hymn and I dwelled on it. And, and it refreshed me that there I would come to my strong habitation. I would resort to this. In fact, I photocopied it and, and put it in the front of my Bible. I want to just read it to you quickly. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said? To you who for refuge to Jesus has fled. To you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. 
fear not, I am with thee. Oh, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee and help thee and cause thee to stand, upheld by my, omnipot my righteous, omnipotent hand. Upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee. I'll only design thy dross to consume, thy gold to refine. Thy dross to consume, thy gold to refine. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell, should endeavor to shake. I will never, no, never, never forsake. I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Wow, the, the, the truths that are, that are in this hymn. And I remember one time going through it, and, and I felt like everybody was out to get me. Why, why me? Have you ever been there? <laughs> what next, Lord? And as I was meditating on this hymn, it, it, it's like the Holy Spirit of God said to me, Mike, there's a little bit of dross in you. Or maybe there's a whole lot. This is the refining process, Mike. And, and some of the ugly needs to be worked on. What a powerful, powerful truth. You know, when we were in Pennsylvania, one thing that really blessed me, my wife's grandfather is 99. Here in just a few weeks, he's gonna, Grandpa's going to turn 100. One thing that amazed me was Grandpa was continually in the Word of God. Continually in the Word of God. You would see him in the, in the morning several times in the day. And in fact, one day he said to me, young fella, boy, I love that, young fella, he said, I got a question for you. I said, okay. He said, I've been studying. And he said, could you help me? He said, I'm wrestling with Hebrews 10, 26. For if we sin willfully, after, after that we have received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. He said, I, I'm struggling with it. Can you help me? And, and boy, we sat there and we studied the word of God. And I said, Grandpa, I don't know if I'm going to see 99. But if I do, I still hope I'm studying the word of God. I still hope that I, at, at 99, Grandpa, let me say this respectfully, has forgotten more than I know about the word of God. A tremendous man of God. But yet he humbles himself and says, can you help me? Oh, Grandpa, I want to be like you. I want to study the word of God. I want to continue to trust in the word of God. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there struggling with the Word of God. I want to give you, just in closing, ABCs for helping in struggling the Word of God. First off, acknowledge that God is sovereign. My God leads His dear children along. Sometimes it's through fiery trials. But we have got to trust Him. Recently, Matthew Little, the president of NBBI, said this, Faith is living in forward what only makes sense in reverse. And you know, as we're trusting God and we're following Him, sometimes it doesn't make sense. But let's continue to trust Him and, and, and follow Him. Acknowledge that, that what? His ways are perfect. Psalms 18.30 As for God, His ways are perfect. The Word of God is tried. He's a buckler to all those that trust Him. Oh, let's continue to trust Him even though many, many people today are out to attack the Word of God. But you know what? That's nothing new. The enemy's tried that from the beginning. Continue to trust the Word of God. 
be believed. Don't get bogged down. Be very careful not to get disillusioned by some of that teaching that you may have found uh, out there. Come back to the Word of God. I so appreciate what was, was instilled in me when I first came to the Lord. My mentor said, Mike, always study the Word of God before you go to the commentaries because the commentaries will sway you one way or the other. Go to the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit of God to teach you. Don't be disillusioned. Be careful not to be discouraged, distracted, to be detoured, or to be confused, but continue to believe the Word of God. And see, confess, confess. <laughs> Lord, I, I need you. One verse that has always amazed me, and that's 1 Timothy 1.15, when Paul, the Apostle Paul said, this is a faithful and trustworthy saying. Christ Jesus came to save sinners of whom I'm chief. Of whom I'm chief. I, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Just a few days ago, my heart was really blessed. My oldest son came down, and he said, I'll, I'll quote him what he said. He said, fam, we need to chat. And I said, okay, what's up? And he said, the Lord convicted me that last night I had a bad attitude. And I said, I didn't notice. He said, Dad, let me finish. He said, the Lord convicted me. I want to make it right. You know, confession is one thing that seems to be slipping today. Ultimately, yes, we need to confess our sins to the Lord. But when we wrong one another, we need to follow through on that. Trust the word of God. Trust the word of God. Psalms 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with song, I will praise him. Let's not waver from trusting the word of God. One more verse coming back to Psalm 71, verse 14. And I will hope continually. You know, isn't that something that we see is missing today? We're trying, we're trying to find it in everything else. Our, our hope, our joy, everything has got to come from God and from the Word of God. Let, let's continue to trust Him. He is reliable. His ability, His strength. His ability, he's proven himself. Let's continue to trust the word of God for his honor and glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the word of God. God, many times we neglect to even pause and thank you that we have the word of God in our language. We know there's so many people groups that do not have the word of God. We know there's so many believers that do not have access to the word of God because of their country and the opposition to the word of God. But we have access to the word of God. We have it in so many forms. God, may we continue to trust the word of God. May we be careful with what we hear and be quick to turn off anything that's contrary to the word of God. God, I thank you that we can trust you. I thank you that Jesus Christ today, yesterday, today, and forever, that you are the same, that you never change. And I thank you for that. God, you are our hope. You are our hope. And we pray your 
your guidance and your blessing on this week as we head out in our separate ways. To God be the glory. And we'll be careful to thank you for what you choose to do this week. In Jesus' name, amen.